Hello and welcome to today's episode of Stress Less Lifestyle Podcast. It's number 43 and I'm kind of excited. This is a little one that is a little more close to me because it's kind of about me, but I think it's something that you can learn from. You will learn a lot about me, about yourself, about why, and uh, maybe about someone else that is in your life who is similar to me because um, there's a lot of us. It's not a unique thing, but let's start off with what it's going to be about. So I've always said that I've had anxiety. That was kind of like the basis of like how I embrace myself. I never really come out with like, I have anxiety and like tell people all the time, Hey, by the way, I have anxiety. Like it's not my identity, just like nothing's really my identity, but who I am and, and how I am. Um, but it kind of did rule how I did business. Like I was always, always a type a on point kind of person and like that's the whole point of stressless lifestyle. It had, it's a kind of double entendre. I called it stressless lifestyle so that I can uh, remind myself to stress less. I developed this, remember it used to be Heartstrong Fitness Studio when I was in Jefferson City, Missouri. And I had gone online even while having that studio, I had a stressless program because I used it myself back then when we were under a lot of stress, we were moving, we had lots of other external stressors on our life and I, kind of created this program as I was going through it myself to reduce the stress, right? Then when I went all online, when we finally moved, it just became the new business. When I shut my studio, it became stress less lifestyle. And it was because I was reminding myself to stress less, but also because I can take the stress that you would have trying to figure all the things out, trying to figure out how to do things and put it on me. I take that stress from you. That's where stress less comes from because I have anxiety. I'm always thinking about everything, right? I mean, I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety back in 2001, I think it was, I was a sophomore in college and I, it, I have no idea what was going on, but I was like, there's no way that I could be having, I had a grade I didn't like. And so I went to talk to the teacher about it. And then the teachers, it was a, um, not psychology. It was a philosophy class of all places where I really should, I love philosophy stuff. I should love speaking my mind. And I was having these weird things like in class. So the teacher said, Hey, why don't you go talk to, it was like emotional things. I wasn't like crying in class or anything like that, but I was like shaking. It was strange. You know how, like when you're in elementary school, you have to read a book out loud and you kind of get a little nervous. It was like that times a thousand, which is unusual. Cause I'm not like a shy person, especially in a class that I'm used to. It was strange. So I went and talked to the, um, the school therapist and they were like, Oh, it, all these, you know, after time I was like, I'm anxiety. Cool. Okay. Makes sense. All the things make sense. Let's move on with life. And so I always had these therapists um, throughout my life during different times for different things. And I always had just generalized anxiety and they're always giving me tips and tricks and tools and resources. And I've even taken medication that just never really worked, just never worked. And I was teaching swim lessons in college at a time. And one of my clients, the son, a little, little boy was teaching his mom's a psychologist and she was like, she was asking me, and I said, oh, I'm on this medicine. And um, I said, it's absolutely not working. She's like, I can tell. <laughs> she knew me for a couple summers now. And she says, you know, well, go talk to your doctor and see what you can do and see if you need to up it or lower it. I ended up just getting off of it because I don't like medicine. Like I don't even have, I'm not even sure we even have pain reliever in our cabinet right now. I just do not take medicine. Um, and it's not because I'm like, I want to be tough. It's because I don't, remember to do it. And so it's kind of pointless because I just can't get on a good regimen, same with vitamins and everything. Right. So I, um, stopped taking the medicine because it never worked. I had another doctor at one point I had postpartum depression after 
my first and postpartum anxiety after my second. And, you know, they all kept trying to give me stuff. I couldn't during that time because I was nursing, but I was always trying to give this, given this stuff to take it. It never worked. And I was giving things, these um, forms to fill out and, oh my God, it just never worked. Right. I was always living like at 90 out of a hundred percent. So what I um, ended up doing was just having a therapist, you know, everyone's got them, right. Just as someone to talk to, you know, you go through things, you got to get some answers and sometimes you don't have your own answers. And I've been having these thoughts, you know, I'm a yeller. I know we say it's maybe because we're Italian we have to yell and speak loudly, but I also get, you know, that mom rage that everyone talks about, but I see these things about mom rage and being angry. And it was always about anxiety, but I had already had therapists. I already have all the tools and all the packets and all the paperwork and all these forms I should use and all these things. They just never work. And the rage was not the same. It was not like, I don't know. I see, you see clips, right. Of YouTube and whatever, and TikTok and things. And I'm like, that's similar, but not really. And I, at the same time, I was just kind of sick of it also. I'm like, cool. Who? Sure. Mom rage exists, but like, I, it's not just mom rage. Like I'll rage out at anything. And it's not that I'm mad at anyone. And that's, that's the difference. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm more mad at myself. And it's this weird, like boiling over thing. And so I went to a, I got a new therapist. My other one retired again i have like lost three therapists now and um i got a new one and we were talking and she says you know i want to have you meet with um, someone for adhd i'm like what uh no and she's like yeah let's go have you talk with this with a psychologist and we'll they do the like medication management i'm like mm, sure i'll talk with someone but i don't take medication it doesn't work for me never has you know no big deal and she's so and then i was like okay, well, let's talk. So I made this appointment and I'm talking to a psychologist and she's just like sitting there listening to me talk and tell her stories, tell her about life and stuff. And then I don't know, like a couple hours later, and we were literally there over two hours and in the middle of it, she says, okay, hold on. And she knows that I know I'm there for ADHD, but I don't know. I'm just talking to her. She's just telling me about yourself. So then she says something about, you know, well, um, have you ever considered the the fact that your anxiety stuff never worked? And I said, no. And I said, you know, I did say to my therapist when I first day I had her, I said, I don't want forms. I don't want tools. I don't want to make any more lists. I don't want anything. I want a therapist that's going to fix my anxiety or give me something where I can do to fix my anxiety. I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, what am I going to do? Sit down on my computer for the, or pull up my PDF file of this five things to do when you're having an anxiety attack or these are the best three things you should do when you're feeling overwhelmed. Like who, the, what the hell? I'm so sick of that. I was, so I sat down and literally said that to her and I told my, the psychologist the same thing. I'm like, I do not give me, cause I didn't know what she did. I'd never met with a psychologist before besides one at school and college. And I said, I, I don't want forms. I don't want PDFs. And I'm not going to sit down and look at one when I'm in the middle of like freaking out and being angry. And she's like, okay, that makes sense. And she's, and I said, do people with ADHD, and I don't know what my question was, but I said, do people with ADHD, da, da, da. And she's like, no, 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 hold up right there. You, you, da, 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 da. And I was like, wait, what? Me? What are you talking about? This is not, this is not me. And she says, well, I'm pretty sure after these couple hours that this is the direction we're going to go in with you because of all the things. She says, you know, and honestly, she's in the first while that we were talking, I didn't see it but I see it now. She says, I very much see it now in you. Um, 
And she says, and it's very clear. And I was like, what? How is it very clear? It's not very clear to me. Like I had zero idea. And she explained to me, you know, females who are also type A, who are, you know, trained to be good and sit and be polite and just do all the good things. Even in school, you're sitting you're sitting there and you're just told to be good and listen and do your work and get an A and move on with your life. And, and we're really good at doing that. And some people are not good at keeping that under control, but a lot of us are. And so she says, the fact that I'm really good at keeping that under control, even though I might be crawling out of my skin or wiggling my feet or my toes or drawing, there's not one service of my of paper that is not drawn on, scribbled on or written random words on. And she said, that is your outlet and you wiggle and you fidget and you, you know, no one likes sitting next to me when you're on a bench because it's always wiggling or at the movie theater, like those seats are always wiggling is a mess. And she said, being able to control yourself, like sometimes they, they, for the stereotypical ADHD boy is bouncing all over the place because they just don't want to control themselves and they're not, or they aren't able, one or the other, it's a spectrum. And I wanted to control myself. But that that desire to control myself and the act of actually controlling all of that energy and the the need to stay focused and do things and the ability to do that, that ability to do it in the moment was causing anxiety later. So it's stuff that you typically see, you know, you you're looking at these TikTok videos and all these things you're like, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, that's you. That's everybody. All of the things are normal. All of the things we do, we forget things we do. We do, uh, we drop things, we tangent all the time when we tell stories, we all, all of that is normal rage. That's normal somewhat, but that's pretty normal for everybody, but it's how it affects your brain. It's the other side of that action and that activity that is then not normal is how my psychologist explained it to me. So yeah, I might forget things. I might get overwhelmed and overstimulated very easily. It's never been out of my control. Um, or it's never been under my control. I'm always overstimulated. Like I have to change my outfits a lot. I don't like leggings. I literally wear leggings every day, but I can't wear the same ones all the time. Um, hats. I love hats. I wear them every day for sun protection, but it causes me a little bit of weird overstimulation and I get angry. It's that anger. It's the anxiety and it's the stuff on the other side of those normal things, the losing your keys, the misplacing things, the stuff we all do when we're just overwhelmed. But the other side of that, comes a uh, somewhat like of a chemical imbalance, like anxiety. Some people get depressed. So some people who have depression actually may have ADHD because the way that they're controlling this uncontrollable, it manifests in ADHD or sorry, in depression where mine manifests in anxiety. So I have and felt anxiety attacks, panic attacks, things like that, but not because I just have anxiety. It's actually coming from something else. And that blew my mind. I mean, it still blows my mind. It's been months and months and I'm, I'm recording this now. So that way I can get to the next part of where I'm at, but it still blows my mind. And I wanted to let you guys know how I got there because some of you are probably watching TikToks and YouTubes or whatever and thinking, oh, that's me. And I'll be quite honest with you. When I got diagnosed that night, I went home and was looking like I Googled and it wasn't even even in my search bar. I had never searched it before. What I had done was block every single ADHD account that came up. I never followed anyone. I still only follow, I think it's one or two people. And I never, I was never blocked. Sorry, I never followed them. 
ever before, but I blocked them. You know that you like suggested people to look at, suggested videos to look at. I always blocked it. It was a weird thing. I've blocked them for the last year. I didn't like it. I it triggered something in me and I was like, this is dumb. These are normal things that everyone does. And anyone without ADHD will do the same thing, except they might go, oh, maybe I have ADHD because I'm seeing all these videos. And I'm just like that. But in my head, those are normal things just because everyone, everyone I know does them too. But it made me mad because I'm like, that's normal. You're telling me I have ADHD simply because I do a normal thing, which maybe is an ADHD thing. But at the same time, what that situation, this, you know, what, it, let's say the, the guy that hits his elbow on the door all the time because he's moving too fast and he's thinking about the third thing he just did and he fell over the floor this way. And now he's walking into the door jam because he's going to find his keys, but where his keys are. That to me is absolutely normal, but it makes me angry in my normal life. And watching it on the TikToks and the Instagrams reels made me angry too. It was triggering. And I don't like that. Everyone's like, everything triggers everything. No, but literally it triggered the anxiety I already had watching someone do what I do that then caused my own anxiety. And so I blocked them all because I'm like, that's not me. And watching these videos is making me think I have something that I don't really have. And also is making me even more anxious because that's just dumb. So why would I watch it? So I literally over the last year or so when they got all popular, um, I blocked them all. So when I got diagnosed with that after the psychologist was like, yeah, well, you have ADHD and here's what we're going to do about it. And we'll get there and probably in the next episode. But I was like, okay, well, let me look it up. <laughs> let me find out what it is. And, and if you know me, and that's why I have this podcast, I literally research everything. And no matter what it is, you ask me a question, I will research it and back it up with everything that I can. So I went and researched it. I hadn't even researched it before. But I did take psychology. I was one class away from a psychology minor in my undergrad. And I didn't complete it because I had to drop out of school for a not drop out, but I took a quarter off because remember my foot surgery, I've almost lost my foot. That's another story. Anyway, so I, I was like, well, it's just a minor. I'm not going to finish out one class. So I was pretty close. And during that, we had talked about that because I was doing stuff for childhood, childhood psychology. And I was like, oh, that's weird. ADD, because back then it was ADD. And I'm like, that's weird. I have a lot of those traits, but that's definitely not me because I do well and I'm blah, blah, blah. And so it had crossed my mind, but I had never um, thought about it. I actually, and this is if my parents listen, don't think I'm crazy. I had actually thought over um, probably after I graduated my undergrad before my master's when I was kind of like searching around for things to do. I'd started another master's before and I, and I didn't really relate with a lot of things. And I, of course I drank a lot. I drank a lot of, you know, alcohol in college and stuff and afterwards, and it was made me social. And at one point I was like, am I autistic? Like I just felt like there was something in my brain that was different, but I didn't really like harp on it. I didn't really ruminate on it a lot because every individual is different. And that's how I was raised. That's how I believe. I still believe that. And I'm like, well, I'm just different, whatever. But then, um, this came up, right. And I'm like, wow, that is crazy. So I started looking at it and, uh, realizing, wow, I am, I'm very similar to that, but let's go back a second. How did I get there? How did I even why did I get there in the first place? If I already had a therapist, and I, I, you know, I told you I got a new one. What to me made me say, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. Like I'm going to, what makes me embrace this? It was because when I, I, I could have just not got another therapist, but I wanted one because I need to be the best mom I can be. And we talked about mom rage a little second ago, right? And yeah, I'm a yeller. Yeah, I'm Italian. I talk loud. I'm very passionate. I've always said very passionate. And lots of people are, but I could see, and we've had some situations that I will not go into um, here. It's not within my, 
my personal side of the family, but I will not go into it, but we've had some situations that have created some other situations, other emotional things for my own kids. And so as a couple, we have said, we need to be the best we can be so we can give them the best example to our children of how to be good people and good parents. And, you know, basically I had said, I need to be the best I can be as a mom. And I don't, because of what's happened in our life, we don't have as much room for error as some people. And you may not get that, but I'm not going to go into it. But we don't have a lot of room for error when it comes to how we want to have our children raised emotionally. We just don't. And so in the beginning, you know, I've always been, well, you know, people always say, oh, you screw your kids up. That's okay. You're meant to. Yeah, we're meant to. They're meant to learn from our mistakes. We learn from their mistakes and they see us make mistakes, but we don't have that room for error. And I can't stop saying that because I'm not going to be able to go into detail, but we decided, I said to my therapist, I said, I have got to be a better mom. I can't, I'm okay yelling. I haven't even explained to my kids. I yell, I'm passionate. I like to get my point across, but I also said to my therapist, I need to be a better mom. And there's something broken in my head. Literally those are my words. I said, there's something broken in my head and I need to be a better mom most of the time. And I can't seem to figure it out. I can read all the books. I can watch all the videos. I can get all the information from all the people online that I can see. I literally write notes down and I can't physically, I guess I should say mentally make some of this happen. And I said, I get to a situation where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I am in the middle of being angry at something that is no one's fault and I'm losing my mind. Like I'll lose my mind on random things. And so I said, I need to stop that. And that was what got my therapist to have me talk to the psychologist. Welcome to ADHD brain. This was the opening sentence of the entire thing. And now we are 17 minutes in and I just said the opening line. So that's how I got there. I had said, I need to be a better mom. And I know all the things because you give me all these forms, but I can't physically or mentally make some of this stuff happen. It's like I hit a brick wall. And the psychologist asked me when I got to her and we were a couple hours in, maybe an hour in, she goes, when you're angry, do you feel like you are mad at the kid for doing something or are you mad at yourself for being who you are? And I said, I'm mad at myself because I don't know why I am doing what I'm doing. Like if my kid made a huge mess and they did it on purpose or something, sure, I'd be mad at that. But I don't get mad at that. That is not even part of my, I've always wanted to be a gentle parent and my kids could probably benefit from that too. At least one of them. <laughs> one of them is not so gentle. But I can't physically, mentally do that. And so there are things that we went over and this is going to be personal to you, private to me, but there are questions they can ask to determine, you know, how your brain is literally functioning. And it has nothing, to, not all of them have to do with these, these brain functioning questions. A lot of it was how do you live your life? How, what have you done in this scenario? How did you get from point A to point B? What were you doing from age 12 to 20? And then 20 to 28, what did that look like? What, how did you do this? All of these crazy questions that I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. So it was like, I didn't deny it. I just wasn't really aware of it because I'd already been diagnosed with, with anxiety and it made sense to me why I had anxiety. And then she says it's ADHD and it makes so much sense. And so do you know what ADHD is? I mean, it is for most part, and they can test your brain, but I don't think they can as detailed as you'd like, but 
It's a lack of dopamine, either a lack of dopamine produced by the brain or a lack of dopamine recirculating within the brain. One or the other. And if you take medicine, then you have to figure out which medicine is right for you because that's, it's not the same for everybody. And not everyone has the same lack of dopamine either. Some people will produce it and then get rid of it. Some people will produce it and then use it and not get rid of it. It's all different. And so what they do, why you have to have a qualified professional is because they can ask you, like she asked me all these kinds of questions about my workouts and my life and certain things I like to do or want to do and the urges I get and how I do, um, do you, you know, I hyper-focus. So the type of ADHD that I have would be inattentive, which is weird because I'm hyper-focused. So I am inattentive. Like if I, if you were talking to me and I'm like staring off into space, it's not because I'm not looking, I'm not listening. It's because it's the only way I can listen is to also have something else going on in my brain. Hyper-focus, which we all know I hyper-focus clearly because I research absolutely everything and I can do the same thing. I mean, I'll eat the same thing, what, well, almost a year now, as long as we've been home or even not home on vacation, I had the same, same exact breakfast for ever, for almost over a year now. Hyper-focus on certain things. And then um, it's hyperactivity is not really part of it. It's not really that my body's hyperactive, it's that my brain is hyperactive. And so that's where I think a lot of people don't understand. It's like, well, Nikki, you're not bouncing. I mean, I've been told I bounce all over the place. I had some one of my old clients, and I love you. She is um, in Missouri, and she's like, you function at a much faster pace than almost anyone I know. And I was like, oh, that's because I'm from California. We're just fast paced. But I do, I function at a very fast paced, and it's not always a good thing, but I'm very fast paced. And, um, it's not hyperactive. Like I can't bounce off the walls, but it's hyperactivity within my body. Like there's always electricity between my fingertips and my toes. And it starts at my brain. It's always there. Like I can't recording. Why am I know why my, my podcasts are about 30 minutes because I cannot sit for that long without wiggling and you can't wiggle while you're recording a podcast or everything squeaks. So it's not the same as someone bouncing off the walls. It's an inside the brain hyperactivity, but then you, I have focus um, issues, either hyper-focus or non-focus and then on, um, inattentive. And there's a few other things, but that's mostly what affects me. And, um, I, the way that it was explained to me, and I love this, it was in a private message from someone. And she said, yes, it's like, my brain is on, like, if your brain is controlled by a remote control, it's a TV and a dog is prancing all over that remote control and you can't stop it. Those are the channels in my brain. I was like, oh my God, that's my brain. But the thing is, I have done really well managing this and coping with it my entire life. It is not a negative thing. When I got diagnosed, I started listening to podcasts and so many of them, like three of them, so many, three of them said, I wish my parents had figured this out when I was younger. I'm so sad. I'm depressed. One said I lost all my friendships when I found out and she was like over 40. It's like, well, I don't feel that way at all. I'm not depressed at all. I feel great. I did well considering, like I knew I had to work harder and I still got all A's, but I knew for some reason there was something I felt like I was working a little bit harder, but it's because I got A's. Well, imagine if I didn't have to work that hard, it eh, would have been easy, but it didn't matter because I succeeded. Now there are going to be people who didn't succeed. And so they, yes, they'll be pissed. I get that. But I was able to give myself and I have, my parents were the meant for me because my mom kept us, kept us organized in all the activities. We had to do all the activities and we had to do sports and the music and you know, all we were completely overscheduled. And now they say that's not a good thing, but for me, it kept me in, kept me in line. We were in check. 
So I had these coping mechanisms that helped me get through life all the way through to college when I got diagnosed with anxiety, which was probably the ADHD and I'll explain. So I had these coping mechanisms as a child to keep myself focused, the squibbling, the eating, the snacking, the everything I did just kept me there. And it, what happens is you get that lack of dopamine, right? Whatever it is, is either leaving your body or it's just not recirculating as fast as you need it. And so then you have to do something to keep yourself focused or keep yourself happy or keep yourself going. And I would wiggle and, so, and that's what you wiggle, you move, you scribble, you look around, you look out the window and that's what kind of gives you that dopamine hit. For me as an adult, it became snacking. Um, thank God I'm an active and moving around kind of person because snacking has become my dopamine hit. And there'll be a whole nother episode on that one. And if I don't write that down right now, I'll never forget. Um, so I, that was my dopamine hit. Working out have been my dopamine hit. I actually scheduled my workouts during college in between classes. And I only do 15, 20 minute workouts at a time, but, but in between classes, because after my first couple of months, I was like, and I walked to and from class. If I lived off campus, I rode my bike to and from class. It really helped me. And what I found was that since I had all these great coping mechanisms of daily structure in my life as a kid, when I got to college, I had to create that own structure for myself. So I always had a lot of classes. I did what? I did double mass, double uh, bachelors at the same time for two and a half of the years with two, almost two full, um, what are they called? Minors, econ and psychology. I did biology and political science all at the same time. Now I only finished with a normal amount, one degree and well, one class away from a minor, but I did all of those concurrently overlapping. So one year of one degree and another year of the concurrent degrees for another two years. Then I did two, enough classes for the two whole separate minors because I was jumping all over the place. But you know what it did? It gave me a lot of classes to take and it made me stay in, in control. It made me stay with a good schedule and focused and I got it all done in four years, all of it. And it just gave me, it was my coping mechanism with having this dopamine, whatever issue that's negative for me. But, um, so then when I got out and I was like, what do I do with my life? I had a job. I threw myself into work. I was a workaholic. It worked really well for me. Guess when it really stopped working for me when I had kids and when I had to go on someone else's schedule, when my, when I quit my career and I had to slow down and everything it's not i always thought i was a control freak and i am but it was not within my ability to this sounds horrible but to want to do what my kid needed because i had it already in my plan to do what i needed to do but if the kid needed a diaper change well then i had to mess up my plan and go do that and that's normal as a mom i'm like yeah that's normal i gotta do that duh it's keeping your child alive and loved but in my brain it made my brain so overdrived, so overwhelmed with just needing to change one thing that it caused anxiety. It was super weird when I figured that out. So yes, I, once I had kids, it really threw me for a loop and it didn't give me ADHD, but it made it very much more apparent to me. Well, it was apparent when I was 41, it was apparent there was something wrong for many years. And then that's what, what it came out to be. And it makes so much sense to me. And so I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to go on forever on this. I'm going to cut this up into so many different sections because I've got to talk about um, like PMS and hormones and, and ADHD and how it affects you. And I want to talk about 
Um, what did I just write down? I don't remember. I didn't, I just say, I didn't write this down the other time. I don't even know what I wrote. She something at all. Anyways. So what I was going to talk about, I'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> so it's more about what and how, how did I come to this diagnosis and how do I feel about it now? Right. I came about it because I wanted to be a better mom and I felt there was something broken because I've tried everything that works for people with anxiety, everything, absolutely everything for anxiety. And I've embraced it and I tried so hard. It just didn't work. And I just kept getting worse. And that's how I came about it. I came about it because I wanted to become a better person for my family. I was, um, we've said to my, as a couple, we've said, if anyone, either, either one of us has done something that will completely damage our children, the other one should take the kids away, right? Like save your kid, do what's right for your children. And we've always said that based on, you know, experiences in life and, and how we want to be as a family. And we've said, if you recognize something that one of us is doing, let's say one of us is an alcoholic, we don't even drink, but let's say one of us is an alcoholic and, or they are an evil person to their child. If I were that way, I would, I told my husband straight up, you take the kids and you go live a better life. You don't subject your children to a person who is uh, not a good person to them. You don't do that. Right. And so in my own head, I'm like, Ooh, that's my rule. I got to be the best. I got to be that good person that I want around my kid. I want to be that person. That I don't want someone to come in and say, you're not right for them. You're messing them up. I mean, we're all going to mess them up. Like I said, but you're really not right. Right. So I want to be that best. And the therapist was like, one, you are, and two, this is why you can't at least even grasp it. This is why you can't get over that hump and why even trying to get over that hump causes you even more mental anguish. It's because of this dopamine thing. And I was like, oh my God. So that's why, that's why I did it. And then what do I do about it? What do I do about it? Well, Taking medicine or not taking medicine? That was always the question. And I searched for a lot of podcasts about that. And I'm going, I'm going to talk about that. I will be talking about whether or not I took medicine, why or why not on the very next episode. But until then, please share this. And if you are interested in nutrition, the only thing I have open right now is going to be September 4th for the nutrition membership. If you're a brand new jumpstart or if you're coming back after six months, a lifestyler in the membership program, it might be the only one I do the rest of this year where I open the doors for the membership because of the things I'm talking about and learning about being a better human being um, and being a better person for the clients on my current roster. And that's kind of where I'm putting my hyper focus at the moment. So thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one about to medicate or to not. <laughs>